0: Hey everyone, I'm Mo Schwanunu and you're listening to the Mo News Podcast. This is the place where we bring you just the facts from verified sources and a breakdown of what matters in the news. We read all the news and read between the lines so you don't have to. Here are a few of the stories we're watching on this tuesday the makers of one of the COVID mrna vaccines said they think they'll be able to leverage that technology for a cancer vaccine in less than 10 years russia is now unleashing suicide drones on ukraine i'll also have details on the availability of hearing aids now over the counter for the more than 30 million americans who have hearing loss Kanye West appears to be buying himself his own social media platform. And speaking of social media tycoons, Mark Zuckerberg wants you to give up iMessage and start using WhatsApp. I'll tell you what his argument is. But let's begin with the latest in Ukraine, where Russia is now ramping up attacks on the country, including the capital of Kiev with suicide drones. For the second consecutive day, dozens of drones appeared over Kiev, crashing into buildings. It sent children and office workers racing into shelters in subways and basements. At least four people have been killed as of Monday evening in those strikes. The Russians are using Iranian drones that can travel long distances and explode on impact. Iran has allegedly sent more than 2,000 of these drones they're called the Shahed 136 drones. They are slow moving, noisy in flight, low altitude, making them easier to shoot down. But they are deadly if they make impact. But the fact that their small engines make a buzzing sound like a lawnmower or a moped has led police and military to try to shoot as many of them as they can down. The Ukrainian Air Force says they were able to shoot down 37 of the 43 drones that Russia had unleashed yesterday. The strikes highlight how Russia is shifting tactics here, really trying to make life hell for the average Ukrainian. And this. is far hundreds of miles from where the uh, main military battles are happening, but they're trying to remind uh, Ukrainians at home that there's a war going on, really trying to make life difficult with the goal of having Ukrainians at some point pressure their own government. This is the Russian fantasy to have the Ukrainian government basically concede to Russia taking over parts of its country. The fact that Russia is also using these drones also shows that uh, Moscow's stock of precision missiles are running low. So they've turned to Iran of all places to supply Russia with drones. Iran, by the way, has officially denied that they sent these. Though U.S. officials and the Ukrainians have intel that, yes, Iran is helping uh, the Russians here. In a televised address to his nation on Monday night, President Zelensky of Ukraine said that Moscow was resorting to the drones because it is losing the war. They don't have any chance on the battlefield, he said, so they're trying to compensate for his military defeats with terror. We're approaching nine months of war here later this month, and it's just really unfortunate. to continue to see who's suffering here. It's the civilians. In the case of the Monday attacks, among the dead were a young couple, including a woman who was six months pregnant. Back here at home, we got the announcement from the White House on Monday that the student loan forgiveness application has officially opened up and gone live on Monday. The website, studentaid.gov backslash debt relief, is powered by the Education Department. I told you yesterday that uh, it went up in beta form over the weekend. It appears that the uh, website has worked through the kinks, and so now it is totally up. More than 40 million Americans are eligible. For some aspect of the student loan forgiveness, some may be able to get as much as $20,000 forgiven. The application will be available until December of next year, so about 14 months, till December 31st, 2023. Biden spoke on Monday saying this is a game changer for millions of Americans. Republicans criticized this plan as too expensive. It costs a little over $400 billion. Biden responds that Republicans passed their own $2 trillion tax cut, for the rich a couple years back. And this is his focus on Americans who are in dire need of loan relief. A reminder here that a court case is ongoing. It was filed by seven Republican attorneys general from seven different states who feel that the policy is unfair. That right now is being heard in Missouri. The concern at the White House is that at some point the judge could freeze this plan. But for now, the application is live, studentaid.gov to go check that out if you're eligible. Meanwhile, on Monday, more than 30 million Americans who suffer from some sort of hearing loss got the great news that hearing aids are now available without a prescription. This is a new FDA rule that'll make it easier for people with mild to moderate hearing loss to buy hearing aids over the counter without a prescription or custom fitting experts have called this a game changer that's expected to make the devices more affordable and accessible for millions of people it's expected to help people save a lot of money the fda estimates that the new rule could lower average cost for hearing aids by as much as three thousand dollars per pair that is nearly fifteen hundred dollars Per hearing aid, the idea here is that also this will make that whole world much more competitive and lead to much better innovation in the hearing aid space. Though I have heard from some of you who are audiologists on my Instagram feed who are especially concerned that the elderly who typically need help with these things already, uh, we're going to need extra help here if they just go to a Duane Reed or a CVS or a Walgreens, whatever you have near you, buy one of these aids. Oftentimes, aids now come with apps they will need adjustment. It's not just as easy as buying reading glasses. So there are a number of elder Americans who may likely need help with this. So be aware of that uh, if you know somebody who has new hearing aids, or frankly, uh, you're able to help someone who's perusing the aisles of your local pharmacy. Okay, let's head abroad here to what's happening in England. A number of you have been messaging me asking questions about what's happening in the UK. What's this controversy about with the brand new prime minister? She's only been in charge for about a month and a half. She already last week had to fire her finance minister. She's brought in a new finance minister. His name is Jeremy Hunt. He used his first day of work yesterday to announce that almost all of the controversial tax measures that she and the previous finance minister announced would be reversed. Hunt effectively ripped up the government's entire economic plan. It was the brainchild of the brand new prime minister, Liz Truss, who announced it less than a month ago. While she was very hot on this plan, there were many critics, including the entire global financial market, uh, the currency market. It sent the UK pound plunging. It set off a spiraling crisis in the country that already threatens her political survival and forced her to already uh, fire her previous finance minister and effectively retract and admit that her entire economic philosophy and strategy was wrong. You might recall that she ran over the summer to replace the Conservative Party leader, the existing Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, and her main platform was sweeping tax cuts. Her main opponent and and many folks within the party had warned that embarking on a spree of cutting taxes and engaging in major public borrowing at a time where there's high inflation is a bad idea. Given the terrible reaction of the markets and the collapsing state of the UK currency, the pound, she was forced to retract on this. She is now vowing to raise the country's corporate tax rate after promising last month not to do so. These taxes will pay for other tax cuts she had in mind. Despite all that, though, there are a number of annoyed conservatives within the party who are already plotting ways to force her out of office. Keep in mind that she is the third British prime minister since 2016. That includes Theresa May, Boris Johnson, and now Liz trust it has been less than a year in power in fact only six weeks so they actually have to go about changing the rules in order to push her out which is something they're considering right now the big issue right now is that the west europe the world is looking increasingly at the uk with concern they've sort of become the new italy uh famously at group of seven g7 finance meetings they would often talk about italy's financial peril and its economic problems, the UK has now replaced them as the uh, main topic of conversation. Uh, Other things to keep in mind, India recently overtook Britain as the world's fifth largest economy. And Britain is the only member of the G7 major countries that now has a smaller economy than it did before the pandemic. This latest crisis comes as Britain is still dealing with its decision, the voter decision to go with Brexit, leaving the European Union. They're still dealing with the economic ramifications of that. And there's an issue on the right among conservatives in Britain that some of them are attracted to the low tax policies that we have here in the U.S., but they want to still be able to preserve the National Health Service and other institutions of the European style welfare state. And those two things, they have difficulty managing because you need a certain level of taxes in order to pay for all the things the government provides in a place like the UK. Whereas in the US, uh, people are left to their own devices when it comes to things like health insurance. So it'll be very interesting to watch here whether Liz Truss can recover after only six weeks in power or whether her party finds a way to push her out in the coming weeks. Back here at home in the U.S., we got a estimate in recent days from the federal energy forecasters on how expensive it'll be to heat our homes this winter. U.S. consumers are now facing higher prices when it comes to natural gas, heating oil, propane, and electricity. Government energy specialists predict it will cost $931 to warm the typical home that is heated with natural gas between this month and March. When you compare it to last year, that is up 28%. If we have an extremely cold winter... Uh, experts predict that heating bills could be 51% more than last year. If it's a slightly warmer winter, it'll be a 19% increase over last year. Those numbers are specifically for the more than 50% of Americans that have gas-fueled furnaces and boilers. In the Northeast, where many people burn heating oil, uh, the prediction is a 27% increase over last year. And then those with propane, which is popular in more rural areas, uh, are expected to pay between five and 10% more over last winter. Okay, now to politics. This is a story uh, that got the attention of a number of you and uh, got a lot of comments going on my Instagram feed yesterday. CNN has run the numbers. And as of this point in his presidency, Biden has spent more than a quarter of his time working from home from his home state of Delaware, either in Wilmington or his Rehoboth Beach property. President Biden is now 21 months into his term. He has made 55 visits to Delaware. That totals about 174 days as of this weekend. This is according to a CNN analyst and a tally that's helped by Mark Noller. Mark Noller is a former colleague of mine at CBS News, worked in the White House unit for decades. He effectively became the unofficial statistician of the White House press corps. Everyone would turn to Mark with the numbers. And so he runs numbers on everything a president does, from the vacation days they take to the number of visits they make to various countries, to the interviews they do, so Noller really is a pretty reliable statistician here. Now, between Biden's visits to Delaware, as well as his visits to the Camp David presidential retreat out in rural Maryland, that means that Biden has been away for 238 days. Now, why that's notable is a number of Democrats had criticized the getaway time of former President Trump during his presidency. Uh, at this point in his tenure, uh, Trump, between his time at Mar-a-Lago, as well as his golf club at Bedminster, and Camp David had spent 158 days away. That's compared to 238 days for Joe Biden. Now, the White House does argue that in a time of work from home, that uh, even the president can work from home, it's been normal for uh, decades for presidents to have all the technology and communication of the White House, especially if they feel kind of like stuck inside the White House, that they have that to go on the road with them. A former spokesperson, Michael LaRosa, was quoted in the CNN piece as saying, quote, it's 2022, not 1922. If the rest of the country can work from home, so can the president. But we did have some fun with the numbers on my Instagram feed. Uh, You can go take a look in my highlights for uh, October 17th. Uh, We looked back at each of the presidents during their entire terms and how many days they vacationed, quote unquote, worked from home in the modern Era, George W. Bush takes the cake. He spent more than 1,000 days away from the White House, typically at his ranch out in Crawford. His father, in his four years, spent 543 days away from the White House, typically up in Kennebunkport, Maine. Incidentally, if Joe Biden continues at his current pace, he will hit that George H.W. Bush number for the first term. Trump was slightly behind Bush 41 with 428 days away from the White House. Notably, the only president in the last 50 years to spend less than 100 days away from the White House was Jimmy Carter, who spent only 79 days, uh, spent the vast majority of his time working and spending his weekends at the White House. As we talk about presidential trips away from the White House, we also got a Washington Post story on Monday that is uh, getting new data on the Trump Organization and how much it charged Secret Service during the former president's visits to the various Trump properties. The House Oversight Committee released documents on Monday that found that the Trump Organization charged the Secret Service what they call excessive nightly rates on dozens of trips, sometimes as high as $1,185 a night per room. What's important to keep in mind here is that those charges come despite claims by the Trump Organization, including son Eric Trump who said that federal employees traveling with him while he was president would stay at the properties for free or at cost. Now, the allowable government rate for Secret Service to stay in a hotel is $242 a night. But the Oversight Committee found receipts here that uh, the Trump Organization was charging Secret Service, again, sometimes more than 1000 a night, sometimes more than $1,100 a night for a room. Over the four years, the U.S. Secret Service made 600 payments to the Trump Organization, totaling $1.4 million. Okay, now to a bit of health news. This is an exciting development, exciting headline that I saw on Monday. Vaccines that target cancer could be available before the end of the decade. This really would be incredible if this somehow happens. This is according to the husband and wife team behind one of the most successful COVID vaccines of the pandemic. Ugar Sahin and Aslam Teresi are the co-founders of BioNTech. That's the German firm that partnered with Pfizer to manufacture their revolutionary mRNA COVID vaccine. Teresi and Sahin were on the BBC over the weekend and said that the breakthroughs they've made with the mRNA mRNA COVID vaccine can be used for cancer. The idea is that the mRNA technology that is at the heart of the COVID vaccine, can be repurposed so it can prime the immune system to attack cancer cells instead of the invading coronaviruses. And they're feeling pretty bullish here. They say a vaccine might be available for people by the year 2030, which is in just about seven years as we approach 2023 here. The idea is that it would work similar to the mRNA COVID vaccine. The idea is to teach the body what to look for so it's ready to fight a disease. In the case of COVID, The way the mRNA vaccine works is it mimics the disease and gets the cells in your body uh, churning out spike proteins, which primes the body's antibodies on what to search for. In a future attack. So basically, it creates a most wanted sign for your body saying, look out for this. In the case of COVID, it's COVID. In the case of cancer, it basically, the idea here is to prime the body to look out for cancer. So, Cheresi tells the BBC effectively here if this vaccine uh, can work, it will prime the immune system to seek out and destroy cancer cells. BioNTech was actually working on the mRNA technology for cancer vaccines before the pandemic struck, but then pivoted to produce COVID vaccines in the face of the global emergency. So they are now looking back at cancer and they have actually several cancer vaccines in clinical trials right now. And so we'll see uh, what comes of that, but it's a very exciting announcement from the folks over at BioNTech. Okay, we got a couple tech stories to end the podcast today. The first is... Well, we tried to avoid him for a couple days, but Kanye West is back in the headlines again. He appears to be getting into the social media ownership business. He's entered in a deal to buy the social media site Parler. It's a right wing social media service that builds itself as a free speech platform. The parent company for Parler, Parliament Technologies, announced the news saying the deal would help create, quote, an uncancelable ecosystem where all voices are welcome. Incidentally, right now, Parler has been where uh, many folks kicked off of other social media sites have turned to, including infamously the conspiracy theorist Alex Jones, a number of the January 6th rioters um, and insurrectionists used parlor to plan uh, what they ended up doing on January 6th. So it it is filled with controversy. Kanye West says, though, in a world where conservative opinions are considered to be controversial, we have to make sure we have the right to freely express ourselves. The company's CEO, George Farmer, says he would be honored to help Kanye achieve his goals. Farmer, I should note, is the husband of Candace Owens. She's the conservative Black Firebrand who has become very close with Kanye West in recent weeks. Uh, You might remember they wore White Lives Matter shirts together at a recent event, uh, and she's been out and about with him. So her husband owns the social media company, or I should say owned the social media company and has now sold it to Kanye. The acquisition comes amid a series of controversies involving Kanye. Uh, you know that he's been locked out of his Twitter and Instagram accounts recently after he posted that he would go death con three on Jewish people. He has continued with a constant drop of anti-Semitic attacks on multiple platforms over the course of the past couple of weeks. But Jews are not the only group he's attacking. The family of George Floyd is now considering suing Kanye for defamation for comments that he made on a hip-hop podcast where he questioned the cause of Floyd's death, suggesting it was due to fentanyl use and not by Derek Chauvin, the cop who knelt on Floyd's neck for nine and a half minutes. Kanye claims that Chauvin's knee wasn't even on his neck. Kanye says he can back that up with a documentary made by who else? Candace Owens. And so now the Floyd family is saying they're considering suing Kanye for defaming George. Before we leave the story, one thing to be on the lookout for it appears that former President Trump and Kanye spoke by phone on Monday. That's according to Politico. Kanye apparently placed the call. The two confirmed plans to have dinner sometime in the near future. So be on the lookout for a Kanye Donald Trump dinner. By the way, speaking of social media owners, Donald Trump started his own social media service earlier this year. So I'm sure that could be a subject of conversation between the two men. Trump's service is called Truth Social. That's where he's been posting most of his comments these days. It's actually grown a bit this year since its launch in february parlor which is the site that kanye has bought uh, has had some trouble of late so it's an interesting ecosystem developing here in the in the right wing between all these social media sites but in the not so distant future you could have a scenario here where kanye west has a social media service donald trump has a social media service and of course elon musk uh if the deal finally goes through with twitter could own twitter Okay, finally here, we're going to end with Mark Zuckerberg's goal of having you use WhatsApp instead of iMessage. On Monday, the Meta CEO posted a picture on his Instagram account of an ad in New York's Penn Station that suggests that Meta's WhatsApp that's used by almost 2 billion people around the world is more secure and more private than Apple's text messaging system. The big push Zuckerberg is making here is around end-to-end encryption, which means that the messaging system is built in a way that the provider of the service can not see the content of your messages. Zuckerberg's claiming that Apple's uh, messages are not effectively encrypted. There are some falsehoods in what he said, but ultimately WhatsApp does appear to have more encryption than iMessage. What's notable is that WhatsApp is very widely used around the world, but here iMessage is really the de facto messaging service. And so Meta is trying To figure out a way and it appears now through a major ad campaign to get more americans to adopt whatsapp uh they actually facebook acquired whatsapp uh, a number of years ago and now they're making their big domestic push you should be on the lookout for major ads on tv as well as billboards popping up in new york san francisco and la according to meta by the way before we leave the story it is interesting to note that they are making this huge privacy push that zuckerberg is saying that meta uh respects your privacy more than Apple does, given all the privacy issues and privacy questions uh, his company, Facebook, et cetera, have had in recent years. And so what they're really trying to do here is make Facebook slash Meta, still have trouble calling it Meta, the de facto company of privacy in America. We will see how that plays and uh, what sort of adoption WhatsApp sees over the course of the next couple months and years here in the US. I'd like to thank everyone for listening to the Mo News podcast. Your follows, reviews, and recommendations matter. Please tell everyone you know about the show, and please make sure you have followed and reviewed Mo News on the platform you're listening to us on right now. And please leave us a review. Every review matters and helps us continue to grow the program. Thanks again for listening to the Mo News podcast.